everybody, and welcome to the Carry On Cast. This is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church. You're going to hear the pastors talk about the upcoming text uh, for worship and life. And uh, hey, I'm Pastor Megan, and I'm here with... Pastor Brandon. And... Pastor Steve. We are so glad that you're joining us today. Um, And before we get into the text, I I just want to name where we are in time right now. I'm I'm hoping it's no surprise to anyone that we record these a little bit in advance. Um, And uh, on this day, it just so happens, it's the day that most of us woke up to the news that that Russia has invaded Ukraine. And uh, so we want to name this context that we're in of of fear and uh, confusion and uh, some despair and uh, Also that even though on this day we know what's going on, we also recognize that by the time you get to hear this podcast, it's almost inevitable that the world has changed completely, even from this moment in which we record, Mm -hmm. which we should not be surprised by, by the past two years of our lives and how quickly it seems everything has shifted underneath. But uh, this is just an added layer uh, that is really, really challenging and really troubling. And so uh, please know, folks, uh, that our our prayers are, are, are big for this situation and our, our hearts are heavy. And uh, I mean, I don't know about these two guys, but my head's a little distracted, too. So mm. we're going to do the best we can. Uh, but as I think you will hear, um, there's a lot going on in this text that that I think speaks some hope for us uh, mm. in this moment that we're currently in. So, um, hey, with with that little caveat, um, Pastor Steve, where are we in the text today? <laughs> we're so deep in the text. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and I do, we'll get to this in a second, but I, I do think that this moment with uh, an imperial march <laughs> of domination and all of that is exactly what the Gospel of John was written into and against mm. as Jesus speaks truth to power and shows us what true power really is in the love of God. But we'll get to that. Um, context. So we're in John chapter 11 today. If you have been tracking with us week to week, you will know that last week, Pastor Brandon led us into a, a part of the gospel that comes after this text. Right. We, so we, we went did, unfortunately, a little time travel, friends. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> so that was our, if you listened to last week's podcast, that was our attempt to deal with the transfiguration that doesn't happen in the gospel of John, but it happens everywhere in the gospel of John, right? Yeah, the glory enough. of God. Yeah. So if you're wanting to know the narrative of where we're at, you got to go back two weeks. So two weeks ago, we were in the story of the blind man, and then on Ash Wednesday, connected to that story in John chapter 10 is Jesus proclaiming that he is the good shepherd, and the religious leaders, each chapter as we go through the Gospel of John, the intensity of the religious leaders' desire to destroy Jesus increases exponentially. And so here we are. Um, at the beginning of chapter 11, uh, Jesus has escaped. He, at the end of chapter 10, he escapes for his life. He goes across the river to this place called Ephraim, and he's hanging out with his disciples. And while he's there, he gets word that his good friend Lazarus is sick. And strangely, Jesus doesn't jump to the occasion to go heal him. He just chills for a few more days. And then uh, he's like, okay, now we can go. And his disciples are like, why do you, so Lazarus lived in Bethany, 
and Bethany was just two miles away from Jerusalem. And his disciples were like, Jesus, why do you want to go back there? They want to kill you. And he's like, well, Lazarus is asleep. Well, if he's asleep, he's fine. No, he's dead. He died. He died. We got to go back. Verse 14, literally, Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is he's dead. dead. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't pick up his euphemism <laughs> for death. Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they're not always the, the brightest bulb on the tree. It gives me such hope to it know does. how slow <laughs> the disciples are to pick they up are. when Jesus is laying down. <laughs> so, so then Thomas is like, all right, let's go die. Because they know like, the next time they go to Jerusalem, this is it. Yeah. yeah. So they go to Bethany, and that's where our story picks up. Oh, yeah. So, uh, friends, just a, a word of warning. The, um, the reading is long, even though we have just given, uh, wow, a whole lot of intro uh, to try to save some time on the reading. Um, and with that, hey, Pastor Brandon, will you read to us from John chapter 11, uh, verses 21 through, are you ready for it? Mm-hmm. 44. You got it. Well, and um, just to point out, by the time Jesus gets there, Lazarus has already been in the tomb four days. So he's like super he's, dead. Yeah, he's not just sort of dead. He's all the way dead. <laughs> so verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? And Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Whew. Whew, that's a story. And I pop quiz, my friends. Where do you usually hear this story? At a funeral. 
Ding, ding, ding. Ah, oh, darn it. You yeah. lose, Pastor Brandon. <laughs> Yeah, this is a really, this is a very typical funeral text, especially that conversation uh, at the beginning with Jesus, right? You know, where where Martha, was, wait, yeah, Martha, making sure I've got the sisters in the right order, um, where Martha says, I know he will rise again to the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Mm. That, I think, exchange is a real hallmark funeral passage because we find such comfort in this promise from Jesus that when your loved one is dead, which for Martha is true here, um, Jesus continues to promise that there is always life. And for Martha to even hold on to that promise, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. You know, she's she says all the right things. She gets all the right things. And I think at a loved one's funeral, we, we want to be able to hear those words and hear those confidences and hold on to those promises as well. But hey, you're going to hear this in a real different context, folks, because we are going to hear it instead on the first Sunday in Lent, mm. which is a very different way to reflect on death and promise mm. and the hope of resurrection. Um, Pastor Brandon, you got to read all of those beautiful words. So mm -hmm. what what's jumping out to you today? What are you, what are you hearing in these words? That is a great question. And first, there's two occasions where Jesus hears, if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. And so, you know, I have a lot of questions for the text because Jesus also heals a centurion's son without going anywhere by just saying the words, right? So, so I'm left with a lot of questions like, Jesus, why did you let Lazarus die? And Lazarus die? And all those sorts of, all those sorts of questions that I have for Jesus whenever like a close friend is um, afflicted with something. Um, but then I, here's what I love about this story, other than all of it is, um, you know, Jesus wept is, is a pretty easy verse to remember, to memorize, because um, it's two words. But I've always wondered, is Jesus weeping because he was so close to Lazarus? Lazarus was like a close friend. But Jesus weeping comes after, uh, it says, when Jesus saw her weeping, when Jesus saw Mary weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. So it's almost like it's after he sees everybody else weeping that he has this connection to to Mary and her friends. And it reminds me that, um, you know, this humanness of Jesus mm. um, being able to relate to us in, in kind of our whole world of emotion and feeling and weeping and meets us there. Doesn't just say, oh, you know, trust me, like it'll be okay. But he he starts weeping. I think that's pretty cool. That's pretty powerful. And I and I you know I never noticed that he starts weeping after he sees everybody else weeping. So he feels this connection, this this deep relationship with us and what we're going through. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's really powerful. It's it's one thing that I, you know, I can't always fix the kind of suffering and pain and crisis that folks are going through, but I can promise them that there is no pain that they know, no place that they walk that that Jesus has not also been, mm -hmm. that they do not go alone, that Jesus goes first, frankly, that Jesus is already there. Um, and I, I think it's because in our grief, in our pain, in our in our struggle, we're so likely to feel alone in that, right? We're so likely to feel without God. And so I think this this promise that, you know, as as everybody comes rushing towards Jesus weeping, that the Jesus is already there weeping too, mm -hmm. you know? I, mm -hmm. I, 
I find comfort in that. I know that some people would rather have like a, a triumphal Jesus who, who destroys and conquers. Um, but that's not, for me at least, that's not a comfort. It's, it's the Jesus who knows, who knows pain. Um, and it's interesting too, Pastor Steve, before we started recording, you were, you were making kind of an interesting comment on Jesus' reactions to Lazarus's death. Partly about his, you know, his very human, emotional, um, compassionate response that Pastor Brandon just pointed out. And on the flip side. Well, just the fact that he speaks the truth, like mm. he does the theology, I am the resurrection and the life. And so we need both. Mm-hmm. We're in these, when we are in these times, like when, you know, Russia invading Ukraine or a good friend who's dying in hospice care, whatever the the thing is mm. that is the darkness in in your life we need both of those conversations we need well don't don't do theology to somebody who's in the in the midst of the pain <laughs> i mean um, unless it's a, a person idea. who might appreciate the theology yeah. and has asked for it and needed it but yeah. like yeah, yeah meeting them with like oh allow me to explain <laughs> yeah. away yeah. your pain with my good theology that rarely works yeah, <laughs> yeah. but the, can i comment on a different thing i wish you would yeah so there, when you introduced this and reminded us that we are beginning our Lenten journey mm. with this, a couple of things popped into my mind. One is our theme is better together. Right. Right. And then the very last line of this story takes me back way back in the dark ages when I was in seminary in the late 90s. I was in a pastoral care family systems class, actually, with Carla Dahl and Stephen Sandage. And they used this story to paint a picture that I've never, never forgotten. Mm. The fact that here Jesus does this amazing thing and brings Lazarus back to life. And as this man stumbles out of the tomb, he's still bound and he can't unwrap himself. And he says to everyone around him, the people that He's just been weeping with, as Pastor Brandon pointed out for us. You know, I, I just see Jesus, like the dirt streaked down his face with the tears that he's just been mm-hmm, crying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everyone just amazed that this non-stinky body, you know, maybe maybe it's got stains from his decomposing right, that had already right. started. Yep. And then he's he's stumbling out. But it's not just about him individually. Right. Right. He needs that community to be completely unbound. Mm-hmm. I just think that's so important. Like this whole Lenten journey that we're on is all about remembering that the way of the cross is not a happy skip through the tulips. Right. It's we're going to the cross. Mm-hmm. Like in order to understand true life, mm-hmm. you need to die to all the stuff that's driving Putin to take over you, the Ukraine. Right. You know, money, power fame, all of those things, Mm. they don't last. But this kind of love, the kind of love that takes you to the cross, the community, is true life. Like those are all the themes that are woven through the Gospel of John. I just think it's a beautiful picture. It's an amazing picture. And and to be able to put it in the context of that Lenten theme that we're working with of better together, you know, Pastor Brandon, um, as I recall, you were the one who first kind of started dreaming that idea of better together for our 
our Lenten theme and to hear Pastor Steve speak to, you know, this community on binding mm-hmm. Lazarus mm-hmm. and to these people coming to Jesus on Lazarus's behalf, you know, this true community event. It can be really easy to look at this story as a look at Jesus' power and please, you know, do see that. Look at Jesus' power over death. <laughs> <laughs> but also look at the power of the community gathered mm-hmm. in faith for the sake of each other. Um Pastor Brandon, how mm-hmm. does how does that feel as we as we walk into Lent together? Yeah, it's the truth. Um, we, as the gathered community, have a role to play. Jesus is the resurrection and the life, and Jesus invites us in to uh, being new life for other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Pastor Steve said, Lazarus can't unbind himself. Jesus doesn't do it for him. Right? He could have, but he looks around him and says, "Okay, you folks gathered here." unbind him and let him go. So we, we do, we are invited in to this role of bringing new life into the world. And also, um, it, it doesn't say what happens next as far as Lazarus, but um, the community will probably have to do some work to re-welcome him into <laughs> into who they are as a community. Yeah, I don't think they've Since ever... Since he's been gone for four days. Well, and he's yeah. also, you know, been dead. And there's a little bit, I think, of reorientation that needs to happen for him and for the community to yeah. kind of absorb... That huge, I was about to say life-changing event, but I don't know mm. how to say that when it's actually about having... It's a death-changing event. Yes, yeah. I mean, it is, right? <laughs> it's not wrong. But that's but that's community work, right? Like, that's the, that's the people's Ooh. work together. We just about killed Pastor Brandon <laughs> with that turn of phrase. Oh, come back to us, Brandon. I'm here. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, That is the power of life among us, friends. (laughs) Um, I think a very common thing to say here as we stand on the precipice of Lent, uh, depending on when you hear this, maybe already into Lent, is to say, what are you giving up for Lent? Um, Mm. I would like to flip that script, and I would like to say, um, what are you taking up? for Lent, uh, as you are preparing yourself to hear this good word that Jesus himself is indeed resurrection and life, as you are preparing yourself to hear the um, the blessing and the challenge of the life that comes to us in community to walk the way of the cross, which Pastor Steve so hopefully pointed out is not all flowers and sh- sunshine, um, what are you going to take up? Hmm. What, are you gonna, what are you going to lean into for Lent? Um, Pastor Steve, have you thought about that at all? Well, just as you're saying that, and, you know, all morning I've had, like, millions and billions of other people, what's happening mm. in Eastern Europe right now. And and then reflecting on the last two years, you know, a lot of commentators have been talking about this Lent. It's like, like you said, we don't need to give anything up. We've spent two years in Lent. Pretty much. Right. We started mm. this COVID experience in Lent two years ago, and yeah. we haven't stopped doing Lent. Um, and so much has happened in our society since then. So, like, what am I taking up is your question. And and for me, since I am such a introvert and find it hard to connect, I, I just want to take up even more a sense of solidarity with folks who are truly suffering mm. um, and what that means to walk that road with them. Um, so that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah. Pastor Brandon. Well, I think this kind of comes full circle is, if I'm remembering correctly, our theme from Christmas Eve worship 
was love shows up. Yeah. And we started this podcast, you know, Pastor Steve mentioning Thomas, like, okay, here, let's go die with Lazarus because they're going to a place that's hostile toward Jesus. And Jesus, we know from previous stories, doesn't have to go. Um, he could just say the words and raise Lazarus from wherever he is. And yet, love shows up, right? Mm. He, he opts to go into this hostile region where anything could happen, um, and he shows up. So I'm thinking about for myself, well, how can I show up in places where it's hard to show up in mm. right now? Um, and so, you know, for me, that that's actually a couple personal relationships uh, with family who are on other ends of perhaps a political or a theological spectrum and showing up and still being love and light and not judgmental. That's a beautiful and challenging hope there, Pastor Brandon. I got a lot of things to put to death in me before I can do that well. Woo. Amen, brother. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, Jesus is resurrection and life. So I heard that before. Don't put all yeah. the weight on your shoulders. Uh, Jesus can carry some of that too. And hey, folks, I know, um, I mean, one of my instincts would be to say that one of the things I want to take up is, you know, a more robust prayer life. And uh, I know we all say things like that. Uh, and then it's really hard to figure out how to make that work. I, I want to invite you, listeners, uh, to our website, to easter.org slash better together, because there are some beautiful devotional resources, some kind of community questions that we can ask each other and share together, ways for us to reflect on what what the Spirit is indeed up to among us and ways we are being called to pray and serve and care. Um, I hope you're able to do those things alongside coming to our midweek Lenten services. But but remember, too, you can watch those services online as well. We're going to live stream them if you can't be with us at the Hill at 630 um, on Wednesdays in Lent. Uh, you can watch the live stream as well. Or honestly, I would contend that the the devotion stands on its own, too. So don't don't feel like you... You know, if you only got 10 minutes to give, go ahead and, and give them to that devotion. I think the time spent mm. is worth it. Sometimes it's nice to know that someone can walk you through something like a uh, Lenten commitment to <laughs> a more robust prayer life. We're here for you, friends. Uh, and it's always good to be with you here uh, for our, our podcast here at Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry, carry on. on the work of Jesus Christ just as has been done by our producer, Elizabeth Denmark, for 218 podcast episodes. Elizabeth Denmark, this is her last podcast with us. And so I know you all haven't gotten a chance to see her face uh, or maybe even hear her voice, but you have heard the work that she shares and the way that she really makes that mission shine here at Easter Lutheran Church. So Elizabeth Denmark. Thank you for your work. We're going to miss you. We join Jesus in weeping over your departure. Although we really hope you you don't die. (laughs) (laughs) Thank thank you, Elizabeth Denmark, and thank you, listeners. (laughs) 